0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, this podcast is part of the More Than Baseball uh, families. Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. They are working hard to assist minor leaguers during and after their career with uh, career advice, financial, educational, and even mental health services. Um, And so much more. Check them out at morethanbaseball.org. Uh, super high for my guest today, a uh, pitcher in the Marlins organization signed a few years back. Uh, Tyler, how's it going, brother?
1: Good, how you been?
0: Man, Thanks I can't complain. You. I can't complain. It's, it's Friday. I, said, I almost said it's almost Friday because typically uh, these come out on, on Thursday. But yeah, it is Friday.
1: So it's start to just mesh days together at this point when we get this deep into the season. So.
0: Exactly. Is, is your season technically, is it halfway over now? Is it the second half of the season?
1: I think so. Just because the second half, I think, probably just ended. What would be six, seven days ago? Okay. So I think we, yeah, started about halfway through that Lansing series last week, but then you got the All Star break coming up, so it's kind of it's a little tricky.
0: What, when is the All Star yeah. break?
1: It's something like that second week of July. I want to say like the sixteenth okay. or something like that. When it starts, right on.
0: But, okay, cool.
1: And yeah, I know so. I want
0: to start off talking about this because you play in in um, Beloit. And Oops. every time I, I ask minor leaguers, you know, like, what is the 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 worst city you play in or the worst stadium you've played in? Uh, Beloit is one of the the, the top answers. So I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, obviously, you're in the new stadium now. I was there a couple of weeks ago. It's really nice. Um, how was it? Was it as bad as everyone is saying playing in the old stadium?
1: I'm not gonna lie it was pretty bad (laughs) um it was the it was it kind of gave off the vibes of when you're playing that summer summer baseball and you know kind of traveling all over the place and you're playing in some of the greatest parks some of the worst parks but it definitely ranks up there as probably the worst field I've played in in professional baseball uh there were and it would just be like mostly like the playing surface and when an environment like that isn't as good as it should be, you can't draw on a lot of fans. So we would have, I mean, you can count the number of fans in your two hands. you had our outfielders trying to get down and block balls, like catchers in the outfield, because you didn't know which way the ball was going to bounce. We would have balls jumping over infielders because it would either hit the lip or just kind of hit like a random little kill that we had built into the infield right there. But, it was. It probably goes down as the worst place I played in in professional baseball.
0: Yeah, and I had Brian uh, Brian Homing on um, maybe a month or two ago, and was he there with you? In uh yep. I told him I said you got to put in your bio, your Twitter bio, like Bloit Snapper Survivor," because just being able <laughs> yeah. to somehow get through, get through that, and and to make it and oh, advance to that next level. I mean, man, it's it's a drag, and I've had guys tell me like, can't remember who it was someone on the on the Appleton Timber Rattlers was saying that. Um, like his locker was like in the bathroom, like in the visitor locker room. He didn't have like an actual locker. It was just like wedged in between somewhere. And he was like, this is the environment that just is not
1: conducive to for a minor league baseball player. Yeah. I cannot imagine what teams, like what their reaction was when they found out. I was like, Oh, we got to go to Beloit this week. Cause I remember in, I was in this Midwest league in 2019 with Clinton. And I remember when we had to come to Beloit for the first time, we were like, Oh my God, it, you know, it doesn't get worse, but yeah, the, the away locker rooms, the home locker room, honestly, for that matter, weren't the greatest. Uh, Just kind of all bundled up together. It's super tight. It's kind of a small space, you know, it's just, just not great, man. Would
0: would you consider that like a home field advantage then? Because you guys play there so much more often and then you have visitors like come in and they're like, where am I? Like we're pro baseball players. And we're just like in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We know we knew where all the bad hops were sometimes, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'd almost take that to our advantage. Of when teams come, and they're like, "Damn, I don't want to be here. I don't want to play here." So we almost take that to our advantage. And then you got like the measurements of the wall. I think we actually had our clubby measure the center field one day, and it was three sixty-five to dead center. So I mean, yeah, it was not only was it just a cracker jack box, but just. Not the greatest playing surface either. So I mean, it's all around.
0: Yeah. So as as a pitcher there, I mean, like you're obviously in, enjoying this new stadium so so much more. Like it's
1: it's pretty nice from what I hear. Like Brian yeah. was like, it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah, uh, just a little bit nicer than Fullman. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in in Beloit, like
0: I mean, I I've been there a couple times and only pretty much only for the games. Like, what what do you do there? Like on your off days, like is
1: what is there to do? Uh, honestly, we golf. They okay. actually have some really nice golf courses in the area. They got, like, Lloyd Country Club. Uh, they got one out kind of by the airport. So it's kind of, like, very scenic, pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of bounce around from different golf courses within probably a half-hour half radius. And just kind of golf, man. Like you said, there's not a whole lot to do here. But you got a group of 35 guys like we do here right now. It's, it's easy to find fun. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, golf is obviously I feel like that's one of the things that pitchers do so often. And like I've talked to guys, uh, I'm not a golfer, but like I've talked to guys who are, you know, they're good at golfing. They're average at golfing, but no matter what, like it's just a chance to hang out with the guys and just uh, take advantage of just, you know, the off day and chill.
1: Exactly. I'm not I'm not the best golfer. Don't like to golf a whole lot. But, yeah, I go out there just to have a good time. You Know if you can go out on a golf course and not have a good time, and I think that's you're probably doing something wrong, yeah. But yeah, it's easy to have fun on a golf course, especially when you're out there with the boys,
0: no, no, absolutely. And I gotta, I gotta figure this out because, like I said, I'm not too far from below, I'm about 40 minutes. Uh, if there's mm-hmm. a golf course somewhere in between, like I gotta have to go golfing with you, like, and I say, I, I don't yeah. golf, like, I haven't golfed and I I don't think I've ever actually golf golfed, you know, so yeah. like I got to go out and, you know, I'll be, I'll be just a glue guy. Like the, the, the cheering you guys on, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, you're going to have to get a couple shots in there too. We got to, we always got to get better. Let's we, uh, my roommate right now actually is kind of like the same way. He doesn't like to go, but he'll just sit in the cart and have fun and, chirp us a little bit when yeah. we don't make good shots or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, dude, it's it's fun, man. Whether you're playing or not playing, golf's a good time.
0: Yeah, and every, everybody needs like that guy to just kind of like, you know, like you said, chirp a little bit, cheer on the boys. Uh, yep. Just like the um, uh, the locker room guy in, in, on the golf course, yep. though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, you need them all over the place.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of, by the way, who is your guy, who is like the locker room guy in in your guys' team now? Like, who's the guy who just keeps it loose,
1: keeps it... Uh, Maybe he's in charge of the music a little bit. Um, we honestly we have a couple guys. We had to start it off. We had Brady Puckett, who is one of a kind guy. You know what I mean? His personality, everything, how he tries to keep things light. And personally, I also tried to be kind of like that because I know it was basically that transition where you come from college to pro ball, and pro ball is like very individualized. You know what I mean? Like you not necessarily stop playing as a team, but you more like focus on yourself. You're trying to get promoted, all this and that. But when you have a light clubhouse, a fun clubhouse, not only do you start winning more, but you have more fun with the game. You stop thinking about so much. You stop stressing about how you should be doing. So I think kind of keeping that light clubhouse, keeping it fun, filled, makes the team better. And not only every individual better, just because like I said, you're not thinking so much, you're focusing more on having fun like you did in college playing with the boys, trying to win ball games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's so, get into your, your background. So you grew up in South Dakota, correct? Yes, sir. So how was the uh, – what's the baseball scene like that? Because you went to Roosevelt High. Like, was your team pretty good? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys went to the state championship. So, like, you guys were <laughs> – looks like you guys were pretty good.
1: I was going to say, yeah, my – I believe it was my junior year, we ended up winning state. But as far as, like, the competition and stuff like that in South Dakota, it's – I'm not going to say it's as good as – You know, outside of the country, we would have to travel a lot. Uh, I know when I always talked like, to my teammates in college and stuff, I was like, yeah, we had guys throwing like, 90, 95 in high school. I'm like, okay. If, like, in South Dakota, if you threw, like, 80, 85, you were considered elite. So, I mean, and we're using wood bats in high school, too. So, it's – that wasn't – that part wasn't fun. Usually, when we started our high school season, it was April. We'd still get snow. I remember, is I want to say my sophomore, maybe even my junior year, we had a two-week ice storm in the middle of April that put a hold on like three weeks of our season.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely it's kind of it's definitely not normal, I would say. But yeah, you got it done. That's
0: that's that's the way it is. Like I've talked to guys in the Midwest here, where I live in Wisconsin. Like I grew up in California, but like I live here now, and obviously the baseball here isn't. You know, as compared to maybe California, Florida, Texas, some of these states where it's like uh, it's nice year round, right? You can practice all year round. Yeah. But in the in the winter exactly. here, uh, a lot of you know guys will you know either pick up basketball or or do other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, did yeah. you play other other sports or was baseball pretty much like that's your um, thing?
1: I played I played basketball a little bit in high school. I actually get, ended up getting cut my sophomore year, and then I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to focus on baseball. So I, I guess it worked out for the better anyways.
0: Yeah. So what you got, so you got cut yourself from a year. Like, was that just a wake up call? Like, oh man, like this is, this is not for me or I'm going to focus completely uh, on, on baseball.
1: I kind of knew it a little bit. I wasn't as big as I was now. I kind of hit a late growth spurt. I didn't start growing until about my senior year of high school. So, I mean, I was smaller. I wasn't very athletic at the time. So, I mean, it was kind of, it was going to happen sooner rather than later, but just kind of gave me an even more excuse just to focus on baseball.
0: Yeah. And I can't remember who I was talking. It might have been Brian, but uh homing, but I, I it may maybe someone else. I'm maybe I'm just mixing two stories together, but I was talking to someone who who was in your same similar situation, basketball and baseball, and I said, So when did you know basketball was over for you? And he said, Well, I got dunked on like preseason. And he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm done. Like this is this is not gonna be my my sport. <laughs>
1: That's the telltale sign. I probably shouldn't play basketball. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like,
0: at that point, I realized, like, you know what? This is not going to be my 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 route to college and all that. Um, sure. But yeah, so you you want state? So like, how was how was it pitching like in that in that environment? Like, what, what was it all like?
1: Honestly, I didn't even pitch much in high school. I didn't I didn't get to pitch much that uh, year. I mean, I'd come in and if we were up by a lot or down by a lot, you know, I'd save our arms and stuff like that for the majority of the time. Though I was catching and playing third base in high school.
0: Um, so how, what, what transitioned you into pitching though? Like, I mean, obviously you said he grew up playing third and first. I was going to say, yeah,
1: literally just hitting that, uh, hitting that girl spurt about like my senior year of high school and, uh, my pitching coach at the time for our organization I was playing for kept insisting like, Hey man, you should try pitching. You should try pitching. like, I don't know if it was because I wasn't a very good hitter <laughs> or like what he was trying to push, but yeah. I'm glad he pushed me. But yeah, I just honestly just hit a girl spurt, man. And they just like, Hey, you want to try throwing a bullpen? and sure enough it kind of worked out in my favor
0: yeah so you just do a bullpen and you realize hey i'm kind of nasty at this
1: yeah i wouldn't say nasty especially right away but i was like hey how hard can throwing strikes be you know yeah you always hear coaches like yelling at their pitchers hey throw strikes it's like well no kidding man like what do you think i'm trying to do but
0: so as a pitcher when you hear someone say that like just throw strikes whether it's like a fan or a coach or just like a teammate like obviously like you say that's what you're trying to do so like mentally like how do you just process that like like
1: or you just kind of like brush it off don't even listen to it yeah yeah in one ear out the other I mean obviously dude I'm I'm out here I'm trying to I'm competing I'm trying to throw the ball not down the middle but throw strikes still compete because I know especially me being a position player I don't know if there's anything worse when a pitcher comes in ball four ball four ball four so I just—that's the biggest thing too—is if I can keep my defense on their toes and we just get in and out, everyone will be in a better mood.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so like you said, um, where you grew up wasn't really like a hot spot for like baseball talent. Like, was there anybody else in your in your like school or like area who was pretty oh, yeah. good and like who was like that dude, or maybe oh, yeah. it was you?
1: Oh yeah, uh, I had one of my childhood boys. Uh, his name is Josh Baumgart. Actually, he went to. He was probably one of the bigger, if not the biggest recruit in my class. Uh, he ended up going to Creighton and went to a couple different schools, but he played five years uh, between division one baseball. And then he went to Iowa Western. But I mean, like, I think that was. Shoot. You could probably count the number of guys that went and played college baseball for my class, probably on two hands. You know what I mean? We didn't, like you said, we just didn't have much opportunity. We had to travel a lot to Nebraska, Kansas to play in those bigger, bigger cities, bigger tournaments. kid Obviously. Uh, exposure to all those bigger schools. But yeah, there's not a lot of exposure up there, man. And not a whole lot of people want to travel to South Dakota. So
0: Yeah, that's spot. that's not maybe uh number one on my on my vacation <laughs> destination to do this is yeah. the, the Dakotas. I think I driven through though on the way from California here to Wisconsin. I think at one point I driven I drove through one of those. I could be wrong. Um nothing there. Like I didn't see anything. Um uh, so the
1: cornfields
0: and I mean that's how, kind of how it is here in the Midwest too. I mean, obviously Wisconsin's a little bit nicer. We have lakes and all that. But um, uh, yeah. so let us talk about this. You, how was the recruiting process? Because obviously it's hard to get exposure there in in South or North Dakota, North or South. Yeah, uh, south, south in South Dakota. Like the exposure yeah. is kind of hard. So like, how did you? How was yeah. it the recruiting process for the like colleges and stuff?
1: So this is actually kind of a crazy story. So uh, originally, when I was like I said, when I was a senior. I didn't think college baseball was like, I mean, obviously I wanted to play college baseball, but I didn't think it was realistic for someone like me at that time. And I got a, I got this offer from an NAIA in Yankton, South Dakota. It's a small town in South Dakota. And I signed and committed. I was just like, Hey, I got a, I got a scholarship. Couldn't be excited. I was going to go with one of my boys that I played summer ball with. So, I mean, I was super excited. Uh, like a week or two goes by. And another one of my friends uh, followed Steve Murray on Twitter, who is the head coach of Neosho County Community College in Southeastern Kansas. And he had tweeted out something about how he had lost a pitcher in the recruiting process. And so my pitching coach at the time was like, hey, I mean, or my buddy hit me up. He's like, hey, you should just record a bullpen, send it to him to see what happens. And so sure enough, I did that, record the bullpen. I think it was like on a Wednesday, Thursday at our summer ball practice. And I get an email back from them that weekend or maybe Thursday or Friday. And they're like, hey, we want you to come up here on a visit. Can you make a visit literally tomorrow? So me and my family drove about seven and a half, eight hours to this junior college in the middle of southeastern Kansas. And we ended up going through all the facilities, obviously having the conversations. And sure enough, I decommitted from the NAI that I was supposed to go to and committed on the spot to this junior college. And then from there on, it's you know, kind of the rest was history. But yeah, all that started just because of one of my one of my boys saw Steve Murray tweet about how they lost a pitching a pitching guy and just happened to
0: get lucky. Wow, that's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, lucky yeah. is I mean that's that's insane. And you go to JUCO and like I hear crazy stories about like the JUCO life and um, it's it's funny because I've had guys who've come in the pod and they are like. Um, I had to run. I can't remember which, where it was. I think it was in Arizona or something. I had to run up like a mountain after every practice or um, and one had to run a two mile hike or trail after every like throwing session or bullpen or whatever. Um, do you have any just insane mm-hmm. like juco stories where you try to explain it to somebody who maybe went D1, they just look at you like, what are you talking about? Like, how could you even do that?
1: Yeah, it's ah, dude, I talk with this my teammates all the time because we got a couple ju- JUCO bandits on the team, and it's just it's something about it, man. It's just different uh, the way you go about competing, the way you go about training, you know, all this and that. Because obviously, it's a little different. You got different rules and stuff like that as far as regulations go with D1, D2, NJCAA, all that stuff. But yeah, it was. It's probably been like the worst conditioning I've ever had. Uh, we didn't have a two mile hike or anything like that, but we did have a two mile run. That would be like our conditioning test. So that would be the first thing we'd run when we got on campus. I just remembered is uh, that every like, practice that or
0: just like at the beginning of every like s- semester.
1: Yeah. Just the beginning of every semester. It would just be like, Hey, what kind of shape are you in? Did you train this off season? What did you do? And then, uh, but one of the crazier things I'd say is like, so our coach was very good at holding us accountable for going to classes, having good grades, stuff like that. So if you happen to sleep through a class, you to do what was called a tire flip triangle. So we had like one of those 500 or like 750 pound tractor tires. And we would have to go get it, push it through our gate out in left center, flip it to left field. And then you'd go from the left field foul pole to home plate to the right field foul pole straight across to the other left field foul pole. And you just tire flip that thing It's just up and over end. And you don't get to practice. You don't get to do nothing until you're done with that. Wow. That's in, that's insane. So that, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Did that ever happen to you? I, mean, um, I did have to do it one time. I did accidentally sit through an 8 a.m. class. And unfortunately, I did. I got my I got my taste of the tire flips. That's that's
0: crazy. So you talking about like that first week of, of school running up the hill? Did you guys? Was that like a like a kind like a hell week or something? Like where like they just kind of put you through like a bunch of different things? Like I mean, um, I've heard different yeah. different colleges do different things. I don't know if they do that anymore. Maybe that's banned or whatnot. But.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, he, that was our big test to be like, okay, how hard did you go this offseason? Did you put your work in? Were you lazy? Stuff like that. So, I mean, he would always keep track of times. If you were slower, would be like, oh, why are you slower? Are you, you know, are you hurt? Or, you know, he would always just kind of keep track of that stuff. And that's how he would label guys and see how hard they worked, integrity, stuff like that. So, it was, it was kind of wild. Now that I think about it, but I'm glad, I'm very glad I went through junior college because I think that kind of turned me into the person that I am today as far as baseball, a person, all the above.
0: Yeah, like you said, you think back about like some of those experiences now, you're like, wow, like how did, how do, (laughs) how do we even go through that? How is that even like legal? Because you think about how JUCOs, they have different regulations compared to like um, D1s or whatnot. Um, So you go, that was Arkansas State or no, that was before Arkansas State. So you go to Arkansas State after.
1: Yep. Okay. And
0: how was it, like the transfer, uh, transformation, or not transformation, like the transfer, like in the uh, adjustment to go there?
1: Yeah. Um, it was. I'd say it was pretty good. Obviously, it's a lot different than junior college or any high school probably competition that I've played. But uh, I definitely got the taste of like the Division One experience. You know what I mean? Like, you ask every kid, like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to play D One, and I want to get drafted, stuff like that. Um, I had a great experience there in good ways and bad ways. I've obviously the good ways you meet a lot of great guys. I've met great guys everywhere I've went. Arkansas State, we had an absolute blast. I met a lot of great dudes there. Um, But yeah, like I guess the baseball aspect of it, I didn't love as much, but it was almost made up for as much fun as we had. Uh, I know we didn't win a lot, but Again, just like a great group, a uh, great group of guys. If you have a good clubhouse, it makes it a lot easier.
0: Oh, for sure. How was like the? How was their football team? Did they have a good football team or no?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they would win the Sun Belt, damn near every year I was there.
0: Um. So then, like, were were you guys able to like tailgate or, or anything, or did your coach have you like running ADM practices to keep it? <laughs> no, nah,
1: you guys nah, went were wild? able to tailgate, but like the tough part was—I don't know—I didn't even think of this. The tough part was about. Jonesboro was it was a dry county
0: so oh. we had to
1: drive about 40 minutes to a liquor store that was just on like the outside border of our county where we were located so we had to drive like 40 minutes there 40 minutes back so we would have to try and stock up for like a week or two weeks at a time and it would it would look like we had alcoholism or something like that when we walked out of that place but like we, we would just stock up for like a couple of weeks that way we didn't have to keep driving back and forth but so obviously if it was a dry county and then we weren't allowed to drink it like tailgates or anything like that. So we were having to put it in like milk, milk jugs or, you know, like different, different style of cups or something like that. Just so we wouldn't, no one would try to talk to us about it. But so,
0: so yeah, nobody it it could fun.
1: pregame like, at all or like no. for anything. Else. Interesting. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. It's like, cause you couldn't even go to like bars and get uh, like an alcoholic beverage, like liquor or anything like that. They don't have beer.
0: I didn't even know there were I mean, things as dry
1: counties left. If yeah, I didn't think so either. I was like, "Dang, I might have, I might have made the wrong, the wrong pick." You're like, "I got, I got to go back to JUCO." Yeah, I was gonna say, but now we, we still had fun. We still made it work. Yeah, had wow. a great time.
0: That's crazy. Well, at least hey, like you said, you made it work. Driving 40 minutes in yep. and out, like that has to be, um, like you said, they, 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 you guys walk out there, think they're thinking like, what is, what are these guys, what, what kind of issues yeah, do these right, kids right. have? Like, holy <laughs> cow! Was say
1: right walk well,
0: around way too much oh my goodness that is crazy because like here like in in wisconsin like for our tailgates and like really party probably, probably the big the big 12 in general um like it's like it gets pretty crazy like oh, i think yeah. wisconsin they'll tailgate anything you know like they were yeah <laughs> like, like <laughs> brewer about. games here like we the, the tailgating is is it's definitely a, a huge part of our 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 sports scenes here um then so after Arkansas obviously the dry county got you mad and you left <laughs> you go to August, like August how do you pronounce that anyway Augustana uh, August Augustana Augustana um were Augustana. you went 12 and 0 like we had to talk about that like you go 12 and 0 2.02 02 ERA like were you just like big dog on campus like holy cow like 12 and 0 like that's insane like in, no matter where you're uh,
1: at No nah, I, w- I wouldn't say 12 and 0 uh, I definitely tried to take the mindset of okay, I just came from like a division one program. That doesn't mean I need to come in here and just be like, oh, I'm better than everyone. I still made sure that I try to get my work in and just try to keep that dog mentality of, okay, I'm a D1, potential D1 guy. You know, I just came from a D1. I need to dominate. I want to dominate. And just kind of took that mindset in every start that I had. And I mean, obviously we had a great, great team that year. Had a great defense behind me. Our bats were always putting up seven, eight runs. So, I mean, it's it's tough to lose ball games when you got, your team playing as well as we did right here.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you guys go to the uh the World Series, you're the World Series MVP. Did you just dominate that round? Like how was pitching in the college world series there?
1: Uh it was a blast. It was it was a thrill. I mean, I to to this day, I don't think I've ever pitched in a more like up-tempo game or got like the nerves going or anything like that. But I mean, it was it was kind of wild. It was the treatment of you know like you always watch like Omaha and stuff like that where well here we only had probably like 300 400 fans uh so it was like nothing crazy in that aspect but like getting like you'd play a game okay day off you go watch you go have a practice go watch these other teams and I remember the first day that we showed up and we were watching Mercyhurst play and it was actually one of my boys I got drafted by the Marlins in 18 our fifth rounder Chris Falamont but we were I got to see Chris Falamont pitch and the first pitch he threw was 98. I think the fastest pitch we had seen all year might've been like 95, 96. So I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is, this is different. These are going to be like top tier D2 schools and we're going to have to bring it.
0: And you guys did. Um, Did you play, did you guys, did you play his school? um, Uh At all? Okay.
1: Uh -uh. All right. Well, I mean, mean, you
0: won the the whole thing and you're the MVP, obviously Um, just being able to experience that. Like how insane was that?
1: Uh, it was it was pretty wild. Honestly, it didn't hit me for probably a couple weeks after that. But I mean, we were just so shocked because I mean, we came out. I know Blank Jacob Blank, who started that championship game. Uh, he was hurt, and he was battling injuries and stuff like that. So for him to kind of come out, be a dog, and go out and throw a complete game in the national championship game, I mean. You can't draw that up any better. And then when they – it kind of really hit me when they started handing out – I know when you see, like, the NBA Finals or World Series, you see them handing out hats and shirts, like, immediately, like, wow, we made it. You know, like, this is it. So instantaneously, so was, they had the hats out and ready for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but whenever I'd see, like, sporting events, stuff like that, like, damn, they already had these hats and, like, yep. shirts printed out and everything. Like, let's that's, see. That's
0: yeah. Um, you you got to wonder, like, they have, they, they have to have, like, both sets – or is yeah, it just a generic? Ways, was it a ways. generic hat? Like
1: I think I think it was a generic cat, okay. yeah. But uh I think the shirts might have been generic too. So I guess that makes it a little easier. Yeah. But interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's that's crazy. But hey, I mean, like you said, you won a championship. Um how was like the locker room afterwards? Did it get pretty
1: wild? Uh, it was, yeah. I was gonna say we actually didn't even have a locker room, but uh we just kinda stayed out in that field, obviously all of our family and stuff that came down. We had our athletic director, our president. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of important people came and just kind of enjoying that moment on the field, getting to see my family, take pictures and stuff like that with the national championship trophy. I mean, it was awesome. And then uh, we actually got on the bus and they had these little like wooden boxes and we got fossil watches that would say national, Ch- division two national champion on them. And that part was pretty cool too. I mean,
0: yeah, no, that's, actually, nice that's actually
1: pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. Wow. But, um. Yeah, man, it was it was a blast.
0: Yeah. So then, um, you you end up not getting drafted, but you you get signed by the Marlins. Like, how soon? Um, after the draft, did they did they reach out to you? And like, um, were there other teams like in, or involved, or was or were they pretty much the only team that was interested?
1: Um, for the most part, I was mostly in contact with the area scout that was contacting me from the Marlins. But uh, I probably found out they called me like a couple days after the draft, like one or two days afterwards. And yeah, man, I was, I mean, I was kind of stoked. I was like a fat kid in a candy store, just kind of starstruck by it. And when he called me, he's like, Yeah, hey, man, like, I want you to come play for Miami Marlins. And, you know, I didn't hesitate. Uh, they couldn't offer me any money at the time, which, I mean, was fine with me. I just needed a plane ticket or an opportunity. But uh, I did get a couple more phone calls after the Marlins, but I, I committed to Marlins first because they're the first team that called me. So it worked out
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure absolutely it worked mm-hmm. out um and and so you you throughout your time in the minor so far you've you've played in a couple different leagues um and I, I like to talk about some of the experiences and like I said Beloit's pretty much always there um when it comes <laughs> when it comes to like uh minor league experiences and whatnot but uh what is like one city you've gone to where you get off the bus and you just look around and you're like where am I there's nothing here
1: Honestly, I would say in 2019, when I played in Clinton, Iowa, whenever we came back from a road trip or we'd get back, we're just like, dang, man, like we're back. You know what I mean? Uh, Clinton had a very particular smell to it as well. They had a Purina One dog food, cat food factory. That would be right down the road from the stadium and where we lived. So whenever the wind was blowing right or whenever it rained, you just get this strong whiff of Purina One dog food. And it was, it was tough, man. And that was also actually in this Midwest league before they had uh, cut some teams out from professional base or from the minors.
0: Was that your, uh, your, your team or no? Is that Your yeah, home team. It was, okay. Yep. Oh, it was wow.
1: home team in 2019. Yeah. So you've had a couple of rough uh, home stadiums for a while. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember, I don't know who came out with these rankings, but they did a voting or whatever, and I think Beloit at the time, Pullman was ranked the worst. Batavia, which was our short season, in Auburn was the second worst, and then Clinton was the third worst. Wow! So, so then, I've, I've gotten the I've gotten the pleasure to play in all of them. Wow!
0: So then, what is your favorite city to go to? Where you you're like finally we're um, we're out of this area and like I can you know enjoy a nice a nice stadium.
1: I'd say when I got called up to Double A for about a month last year, uh, playing in Pensacola, that was amazing. It's probably the best baseball environment I've ever gotten to play in. I mean, you had a you're looking at a Tuesday night with three four thousand fans, you're right on the water, so it's absolutely beautiful, sunshine, and you're in Florida. It's I mean, to me, it doesn't get any better than that. So I thought I thought Pensacola had an awesome awesome venue, um, and honestly, just kind of that whole league too. Uh, you got a lot of cool ballparks, uh, cool backdrops, stuff like that. So I mean, I'd say that that whole league down there is absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and like, I haven't been to the other stadiums, but I have been to the old Beloit Stadium and been to the new Beloit Stadium. I, I, I said the new one's beautiful. Uh, I really oh. enjoyed it. Um, the fans—I don't know. Maybe I just went on an off day, but I think it might have been a Saturday night. The fans weren't weren't fully there. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. if it's kind of picking up now, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it helps a little bit, too. We didn't start the season off on the best on the best note either. But once we yeah. started winning, more fans started showing up. I will say that this. obviously always makes it more fun.
0: Yeah, I was there on you guys's first win. So that might have been actually a couple months ago now. So <laughs> I might have to talk to like the uh, I was gonna say snappers, but the Skycar people and maybe I might be
1: the good luck charm. I'll, you might be. I'll say you're gonna have to let me know. I'll get you some yeah. tickets. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm <laughs>
0: definitely down. I'm definitely down. I'm gonna have to hit you up for that. Um, I was gonna yeah. say because Brandon Canar on the Timber Rattlers was pitching. Um, he's a friend of the pot uh, been on the pod a couple times. Um, so I went down there to watch him play. Um, and he was just pitching really well. And then I think you guys walk ended up walking it off for you guys' first win. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. my goodness, like. What is going on? Like, he had such a, uh, yeah, a great game, and the, the, their bullpen ended up blowing it. But, no, I mean, but wait, yeah. that's a it's a fun place to watch. Funny thing, though, I don't know who it was who hit a <laughs> foul ball. In the left field, they have, like, those those glass tables, and I don't know why they're there. But, like, yeah. one ball landed and just shattered a table. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they maybe might want to rethink <laughs> this, this glass table area. I have before.
1: glass tables or glass chairs or anything like yeah. that where – 100-mile-an-hour line drive foul balls could be coming and landing and potentially shattering.
0: Yeah, it did. And they were, like, cleaning. So they were just sweeping up the glass, you know, carting it off. I'm like, oh, my God. Does, this, does that have to happen often, or is that just?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even know we had glass tables over there. So, that might yeah. have been the first time I've heard about it. But, yeah, that doesn't sound very smart. Yeah.
0: Think. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was well, glass. glass. It was table shattered table. all over the ground. So, it had to be that or some sort of, I don't know what else was shattered that that much. Yeah. But, uh. So I'm gonna
1: have to look there and be it or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, let me uh, know. Maybe it's like pex, pl- not glass. That might be stronger. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with that. With the tables yeah, one, <laughs> plastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> table, my table my materials time. and all that. But uh, um. So, i Have you had any interesting, um, like fan interactions or funny like minor league stories where, um, either it's like a bus broke down or fans are like chirping at you guys or you know like saying something wild and you're just like what i'm um, just this is like the epitome of this like minorly grinding
1: yeah uh i definitely got some stories i i'd say most of them are probably uh not pleasant enough to share on podcasts or anything like that sure. but uh yeah you definitely have your fair share of uh i remember we had a group and we were it was in batavia in 20 it was 18 or 19 where uh the bus had broken down just like outside of the clubhouse and we couldn't get anything there were no hotels like available it was late after a game so it was like 10 11 o'clock at night and the bus broke down so we had to just sleep in the clubhouse like we had guys sleeping on the training tables in their lockers on the floor the one couch probably fit three guys on there i mean we were trying to make anything and everything work uh, But, I mean, like, just your typical, like, bus breakdown story, waiting an hour and a half. Uh, I know we've had our bus go out with AC about, like, 30 minutes into a four-hour bus drive. I mean, stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to think. I know there are more out there, too, and I just.
0: What, What about, like, when you're in the bullpen? Like, do you hear, like, you can hear the fans, like, just, like chirping at you guys like do you ever like what is it what are some maybe like some funny like chirps that you've heard or like some where you just have to look at you like well wow, i kind of respect that that was actually kind of funny you know yeah
1: yeah uh i will say we had one guy chirping us it was like dang uh they're giving away like it was a 50 50 raffle or something like that and they were talking about how much money was invested in all this it's like yeah you take home 50 we're donating the other 50 percent to a charity we've raised a total of like Three thousand five hundred dollars or something like that. This fan turns to us. and goes, "Dang, that's more than you guys make in a year." <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. No, but damn, yeah, that's, no, there's not much to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And like, it's like I said, like, just I'm, I'm with more than baseball, and like, they're definitely doing, um, their their job or their whole thing is to help minor leaguers out, and like, they're yeah. really fighting, obviously, like advocates for minor leaguers. Um, yeah. I think there's something going on in like. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there's like a law, or they're reviewing one of these laws um, yeah. currently um, to kind of talk about that. So, like, I mean, just thinking about life in the minors, obviously, you guys don't get paid um, what you should be getting paid, and there's a, there's a, a big push to kind of like uh, fix that, and you know, and like, it yeah. may not happen now, it may happen a few years down the road, but hopefully soon, like that that changes, yeah. and like you know, because I mean, it's it's you tell these stories about like bus uh, buses breaking down and like all this stuff would whatnot and it's only funny because you're a professional baseball player and exactly. this stuff is like, happening to you me. you know like yeah, otherwise absolutely. it's like it's it's not it's not funny it's actually kind of sad if you think about it in that way I or, say,
1: it's just like sucks. yeah yeah but and yeah, they guys shouldn't have to go through that yeah it is it's kind of crazy how that how that is how that gets to you because it's it's not exactly what you would expect professional baseball to look like but also at the same time you have about 30 grown men in a bus sitting two to do a seat with no AC driving five hours at two o'clock in the morning after you just get done with a game. So, I mean, it is, it is kind of funny how you say it like that. That is, it's a good point.
0: Yeah. It's all about perspective, I guess, but um, it, really is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it so you, really is. Yeah. You mentioned you were in AA, like um, how, how was that experience jumping up there? Obviously you're back in Lowe. Hopefully we'll see you there soon again, but
1: yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was awesome. Like I said, it's probably definitely been the best environment. Um, I think it, it does get a little bit more competitive from high to double A. Uh, you definitely have like the more, I wouldn't say will to win, but you definitely act. It kind of gives more off of that vibe of you're trying to play to win down there, versus maybe like some of the lower levels. But I mean, it was it was awesome, and you definitely obviously you face a lot better hitters, a lot better competition, uh, and even that is kind of increasing your ability to change your game and stuff like that as far as approaching certain batters, knowing what pitches to throw, sequencing, stuff like that. So, I mean, all of that stuff changes on top of playing in better stadiums, better environments. Like I said, the will to win is a little bit better up there, too. So I think it's just overall like it was, a, it was an amazing experience. I'm super glad I got the opportunity.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's let's end on this. Let's talk more about like you as a as a pitcher. And like, obviously, I, I do. I like to talk about more off the field stuff. Not so much like detailed pitching. That's really not my I'm not a stats guy. I don't ever you know yeah. claim to be. Um, but you as an individual, like what do you do? Like what's your like, you know, uh, like pregame snack or like favorite thing to snack on during the, during the mm-hmm. games? Um, or do you have like any funny superstitions um, that you you care to share? If not, you don't have to.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say I have any crazy superstitions. I do try to wear the same socks whenever I'll throw. Like I got a pair of high socks, and I got a pair of like lower mid socks, and I always try to wear the lower mid socks. But uh, outside of that, man, I just try to keep keep everything super laid back. I know, especially that I've learned about myself is the more that I start to overthink things, overprocess things, and try to do way too much, that's when I get myself in trouble. So lately, I've just tried to like learn my or teach myself to just kind of stay laid back, chill out a little bit and just kind of let things fall into place. But like when they do fall into place, I want to make sure that I'm ready mentally, physically all the above. So I'm starting to figure out that happy medium of what I need to do to get ready and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't have any crazy superstitions. I guess if I have like a bad outing, I'll definitely use another glove the next outing or like a new pair of cleats or something, you know, i got to get rid of the bad juju. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But outside of that, man, I, yeah, unfortunately I don't do anything too crazy. Oh, uh, and then I'd say my go-to snack, as of late, it's probably been an orange, man. Really? Like yeah. Just kind of sit out in the bullpen. Yeah. Peel an orange. Maybe have two or three and call it a day. Okay.
0: Are you a uh, sunflower yeah. seeds guy or no?
1: Uh, yeah. It's it's tough. We can't because since we just got this new turf and everything, so we got to like spit into a cup and throw oh, it away and sure, stuff like sure. that. So it's. I mean, I say that's difficult. Spitting seeds into a cup. Right, but,
0: but I mean, it's 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 a minor inconvenience.
1: Yeah, exactly. When you're used to just like being able to spit it on the field and stuff like that. So, I guess I haven't uh, done seeds as much as I used to, but yeah, man. No.
0: Are, are you like a rip, like a rip smelling sauce or like a, some like pre workout or something prior to?
1: I'll, I'll, I'll mix it up. I'll try to do a smelling salt. I guess one, I don't even know why I think it is. Uh, but uh, so last year, a kid named Josh Simpson, he would drown himself before he would go into the game. So what, what mean? I mean by that is he would take water, he'd put water in his hand and he'll put it up and it'll like go through his nose and it'll give him or it gives the body the sensation that you're drowning. So like you spit it out your mouth, you like, you just get this crazy adrenaline spike, you know, like your body just felt like it was drowning. So now every time, and I think it's almost carried over to everyone in our bullpen right now, we'll take like a cup of water and we'll put it up to our nose and we'll snort water and like spit it out and everything. And it kind of gets our adrenaline going and stuff like that. And then we'll go straight into the game and, for some reason it just feels like you're more wired than normal or you're just more ready to go or something like that. So, I mean, it's, we started to do that every time before we go take the mound.
0: That's crazy. I got to do that. Maybe next time I work out or something, just try, yeah. to, try to mimic <laughs> that experience.
1: Holy cow. That's something, something I've never good. heard of
0: before. And the, the whole bullpen's yeah, kind of implemented that now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now we kind of do, it's like when we get these new guys coming up from like low A and stuff like that, like, Hey, Welcome to high. You know you gotta, you gotta drown yourself. But it's not bad, man. It's yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, actually, how much it like helps and helps you lock in, focus. I don't know, man. It takes you to different mind states. It's kind of dope.
0: Yeah, I no. Like I said, hey, whatever works. If it works, you know, don't don't <laughs> stop it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, but hey, That's well, I want, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to have you back on again. I'm, I'm going to have to go down to Beloit either golfing or do something yeah. because, like I said, it's not far of a drive. Um, I'm going to be out that That's area true, actually maybe next month. But even 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 then, like I'll we'll make some time to make it work. You don't game. You mentioned you don't really you're not a big gamer.
1: Do you, uh, do you have a yeah, console like with you or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I actually, uh, I, use, I use it more for streaming, honestly, sure. like streaming Netflix, HBO, Hulu, stuff like that. Yeah. And video games now. Just, but yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. Whenever you get to Beloit, you got to let me know. I'll get you some tickets and yeah. maybe we can get, get out and golf sometime too.
0: For sure, for sure. Definitely. All right, man. You have a great rest of your day, man. Enjoy your, uh, your day hey. and uh, have a good one.
1: Appreciate it. You as well, man.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.